Tribulation Today Ministries, where esoterica meets biblical Christianity. Okay, today I'm going to try to tackle a subject that's very close, near and dear to my heart. Something that the Holy Spirit's been laying on my heart as a major conviction. Um, has to do with husbands and wives, men, women, uh, a man's accountability to his wife, a wife's accountability to her husband and all the things that lie in between. Most of you guys have heard me preach in the past about how a man should stand up for his household and for his wife and take accountability for everything that happens in his household and to even take accountability for his actions. Now, the Lord says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And I, as a pastor, need to stand up and be the first one to admit that I've lost sight of that in a lot of ways. I've not held myself accountable. I've seen myself in a lot of ways as being faultless and blameless and pointing my finger at others. A good friend of mine, my assistant pastor, says when you point your finger at others, look at your other three because they're pointing right back at you. Well, this is something that I've really, really learned here in the last few days, especially today. The Holy Spirit's really convicted my heart about things that I've blamed my wife for. And we share the blame in, in a lot of these things, but I'm the man. Christ is my head. I'm her head. And I need to admit when I'm wrong. And as a pastor, I'm called and held to a higher standard than the rest of the flock. <clears throat> I want to be held accountable for the things that I've done. I want to stand up here. I want to lead by example and tell every single one of you that I am wretched. I'm vile. I've done such wrong things and I I pray that the Lord will forgive me for those things. I seek his face in every way that I can and I I beg for his forgiveness. I've asked my wife for forgiveness. She's given that to me. I've forgiven her for the things that she's done and I just hope that we can forget those things cuz forgetting is probably the hardest part of forgiveness. But as Christ says, we have to forgive to be forgiven. I've got so much to be forgiven for that without forgiving others I just have no chance. With all these things kept in mind I want to go ahead and open in prayer. I'm going to make it a pretty simple prayer. I've got several different things on my mind that I want to get out there. But let's start with this. Lord Father I come to you in prayer Lord and I ask you that you let me lead by example Father that you let me be the pastor and the shepherd of my flock. That I lead them in the right direction and in truth, Lord, that they only see the truth. Lord, I don't want to uh, rebuke or, or come down on anybody, Father, but I ask you that you touch their heart with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Touch their heart in a way that their accountability will come up, that they will start realizing that the things that they do are not always somebody else's fault, Father, but you got to take responsibility for yourself. If a man takes responsibility in his household, his wife will follow suit, and then the children will follow suit. I've said this so many times, but in saying them so many times, I've lost sight of that, Father. And I just ask you 
to forgive me for those things, Lord, that you've washed me clean with your blood. And we know that the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin, Father. And we just ask you for your blessings and your mercy, Father, and your grace. Those are the only things that, that keep our head above water, Lord. And I just ask you that everyone that hears my voice realize this and that they search the scriptures daily that these things are so because I can be wrong in different things and I don't want to mislead anybody. So Father, you just please put it upon their heart to come after you, to seeketh after the Father as, as a deer panteth after water, Father. In the name of Yeshua we pray. Amen. I do want to play a short clip. It's about uh, 4 minutes and 50 seconds long. It's by a wonderful preacher. His name is Paul Washer. If none of you guys have ever heard of him, you should look him up. He's got some excellent materials, but this is uh, just a little something to start this out. So enjoy this small clip. I pray that the Lord's blessing uh, will be upon us, that He'll help us, that He'll have mercy, because uh, one thing is for sure, we are always in need of mercy. Always. In the last two years of my life, a word that just keeps coming more and more at me in my own life. And every time I preach, reality is the word. Where is the reality of Scripture in your life? What we teach on this morning. I don't care. I don't care at all whether or not you say yes or no, amen or so be it. Because you can acknowledge all the truths of Scripture. You can be orthodox. You can go down through all the great creeds of Christianity and say yes, yes, a thousand times yes. But if it's not a reality in your life, it does you no good. For many will come before Him on that day and say, Lord, Lord, and He'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. It's just the reality of it. When you live in a country where even the most pagan believe to have some relationship with God, but know this, you'll have heard God's Word with a blade, not dull, so as to make churches grow in all the wrong ways, but a blade to cut your heart as deep as it can be cut that you might be saved. Thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you went. I sometimes have preached in conferences and it just seems like almost the Lord has a sense of humor. Before I get up to preach, someone will sing a song that's just so unbiblical that it shakes me up so bad I don't even know how to find my text. And one of the songs that have often been sung is this song that says, I just don't know what God saw in me that He would save me. I don't know the worth that He found in me that He would save me. And after I get up and I look and I say, look, folks, uh, before I start my sermon, let me just answer the question of the person who sang. He did not see any worth whatsoever in you so as to save you. He saved you for two primary reasons. First of all, He saved you for His own glory. He saved you to demonstrate how great He is that a God like Him would take interest in a vile person like you and me. Secondly, He saved you because He is love. It is a part. It is what 
He is. He loves because He is love. He does not love because that love is drawn out of Him by some motivation springing forth from you. When God looks at a man apart from Christ, the only thing He could be motivated to do is judge him. But God is moved in love to save for His own glory and to demonstrate His power. Now, why do I say that? I say that because you need to understand something. Salvation is not a mere human decision by which people decide to jump out of the line going to hell in order to jump into the line going to heaven. Salvation is a supernatural work of God whereby the power of God is so manifested that it either parallels or exceeds the power of God manifested when He created the world. When God saves an individual, His power, His attributes, the essence of who He is, is going to be so manifest that even the pagan, unbelieving world is going to note a difference. In American evangelicalism today, you are going to heaven because you repeated a superstitious prayer. You supposedly asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart. You raised your hand, but there is no difference whatsoever in your life. And that's what we're looking at. Reality. What is the reality of God in your life. Amen, Pastor Washer. Uh, I pray that the Lord heals your heart. I know you suffered a heart attack here just recently and I've uh, been praying for you ever since. But, you know, that that uh, sermon there that he just gave, though it would be just a small piece of many of his sermons, he's so right. You know, I, I'll share my greatest earthly fear is losing my family losing those who love me losing all those around me but even greater than that my fear is that when I get to heaven that he'll say to me depart from me because I never knew you if there's one thing I've learned from Pastor Washer it's that uh, he doesn't put marriages together a man perfectly suited to his wife or his wife perfectly suited to the husband he, a lot of times, most of the times actually, will take two people that are completely and totally different, totally incompatible. And the reason why he does that is because he wants to be able to have one show the other, have the husband show the wife the love of Christ. And if, you, if you're exactly the same and you've you got everything in common, you get along so well, you know, there's really no opportunity to show that. Um, compassion of Christ and the willingness to forgive each other uh, every time we transgress each other whether it be the husband transgressing the wife or the wife transgressing the husband uh, God is the center of everything you know of every marriage he he is the glue that binds and if we leave him out of that it is doomed to failure uh, there's a lot of marriages that are secular they haven't 
got God in them whatsoever, but the entire family structure is just totally screwed up. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows of many examples of this. Uh, this is not something that I want for myself. It's not something that I want for anyone who I care about. I'm pretty sure that just about everybody out there has heard Matthew 19, 5 and 6. For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Therefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. But this has so much more meaning than what we actually think about on a daily basis. I mean, if you don't love your wife like Christ loves the church, like Christ loves you, you are doing her such a disservice, you, you just have no idea. You should be willing to lay down your life for her. You should be willing willing to lay down everything that you have for her. This is something that I've, again, I'm, I've lost sight of. I've lost sight of it. I, I am repented, repenting so much right now of doing those things. And I pray that all of you listen to what I'm saying because please don't lose what is so dear to you. What is your one flesh? Don't don't lose it, please. Don't love her like he loved you. One of the things that I'm most guilty of is my pride. My pride has gotten away so many times that it has brought me down to my knees. It, it's definitely brought me to my knees today. I can tell you that this is one of the hardest sermons that I've ever preached, and maybe ever will preach. There's only one thing that you need to put above your wife, and that's your father. If you put your father above her, then he will put everything into place. You know, Abraham laid Isaac onto a, an altar. He was ready to sacrifice his son. You know, that spot there, Jehovah Jireh, where he put Isaac, and thank God that he provided a lamb instead of making Abraham go through with that sacrifice. That exact spot is where Jesus later on, God's only son, was truly sacrificed for the sins of the world. As some of you guys know out there, I just recently, it was uh, January 1st, I uh, went into the hospital with a blister, a simple blister, and uh, because I'm diabetic, I ended up getting a bad infection, and I had a, a blockage of my artery that uh, caused the antibiotics not to make it down to take care of that infection. Anyway, long story short, I ended up getting uh, one toe amputated. The second toe ended up becoming gangrene. The third toe became gangrene. I just had that taken off last Wednesday, and this, today marks actually five months of being off my feet. You know, when I was laying there in the house, my wife was <coughs> taking care of me and doing everything for me and everything that I, I couldn't do and even things that I probably could have done myself and didn't I I introverted so bad I she kept telling me that she saw a dark cloud of depression coming over me and you know my pride wouldn't let me speak out she said that I was uh, cutting her off and and distancing myself from her I'm, these things weren't my intentions but it is exactly what I've done I I pushed her away to the point I, you know, I thought that what I was doing was protecting my family from my own hurt, my pain, my depression, and my, 
my anxieties and all the things that I was feeling, the rage and the anger and everything. But I, what I should have done was open up to my wife from the very beginning, and I didn't. And I let it boil over until I blew up, and I ended up breaking things. I said a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have never said. <clears throat> a lot of things I didn't mean, a lot of things that I blew out of proportion. But in breaking the little materialistic things that I had around the house that I broke, the biggest thing that I broke was the way she viewed me. You know, and it ended up splitting us up. We are now uh, not living together, but we're starting counseling here within the next week or so, and we're trying to patch things out patch things up I I love her with all my heart I, I don't want to lose her but you know just as as Abraham laid Isaac on that altar I'm I'm laying my wife on that altar and it's up to God if it's God's will that we be together then so be it but if it's God's will that we be apart I'll accept that as well this is a part of accountability that us men lose a lot of times because of our pride and uh you know being the man and you know being strong and all this kind of crap and that's exactly what it is it's crap you know like i said when you when these two become one you're one flesh you can't keep those things from the other over the past month or so we've thrown a lot of stones at each other and said a lot of hurtful things to each other but i'll tell you what this is advice for all you wives out there you know you get an argument with your husband you just realize one thing that Christ is his head don't come to him with it don't throw stones at each other and hurt each other's pride and all these worldly things do what my wife did go to the father pray that the father handle it because I'm gonna tell you what right now there's nothing that she could say to me that would have broken me the way that I've been broken through the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit has shown me my own faults, my own vileness, because she went to the boss, you know, and the boss came down on me, and he came down on me real hard. It's something that every household needs to understand. That glue that binds you together, the Father, is the one that can make you fall apart, or he's the one that can keep you together. And when the man needs corrected, the boss is going to be the one to do it. And he does a really, really good job, I'm telling you. You know, whether me and my wife get back together after we go through this counseling and all the prayers and everything that we're going through right now, I, I don't know. I don't know what the Father has in store for us. But I know this. The reason for this podcast is not for to air my dirty laundry. It's definitely not something I want to do. But it's to show that just because I'm a pastor and I've got a podcast or ministry or whatever, it doesn't put me above anybody. I'm above no one. I'm a man. I have faults. I, I screw up just as much as everybody else does. But my intent in this whole thing is that maybe someone, maybe a million people, I doubt that very highly, maybe a million people, but if just one person, one person hears what I got to say, and they listen, and they put it into practicality and into use, and they actually think about things before they do it, and they hold themselves accountable before God, 
before they go blurting out things just out of their own pride and maliciousness. If it can save one marriage, or one man, one woman, one child, that's all that I need out of this. That's all that I want. I'm going to throw a little song in here real quick. Uh, give everybody a break from my whining and moaning. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. Listen to the words. It means a lot.
that's right guys and I'm I'm speaking to you men right now you know what I've said so many times get on your knees and fight like a man and I mean that I mean get on your knees and fight for your family but more importantly than that <laughs> grab your wife's hand get on your knees together pray together for your entire family let your kids see what you're doing let your kids join in with that so that when they're older they won't depart from the ways that you've taught them you know I've got a little six-year-old uh, his name is Jaden he's my life I'll tell you what I teach that boy every day about the Word of God and how he should be morally and spiritually but you know I'm gonna drop my pride here and tell you one thing I've learned a lot of things from him too I've learned that he's a little spiritual warrior and that little boy, every time he faces anything, whether it be a bump on his knee, to seeing daddy cry, to seeing somebody else in pain, or whatever it is, the first thing that he thinks of is he runs to Jesus. And Jesus is the rock. He's the great physician. He's the only one that can heal us. And I'm telling you what, once we find that innocence of a child like he has, and we go to Jesus first, it will change our lives. I promise you that. So you men, grab your wife's hands. Let your wife grab your son's hands, your daughter's hands, and all of you. Hit your knees at once. Be a family. Be all one. Because if your marriage fails and your family falls apart, hey guys, you know what? You can blame it on whoever you want. But since you're the head of this family, as Christ is your head, you're the head of the woman, it is 99.9% .9 your fault no matter who you want to point the finger at and blame and, and cuss and scream at and whoever made mistakes. It's your responsibility to hold it together. So let's, let's please do that. You guys, if, if anybody learns anything from me, let them please get on your knees with your family. Save your family. Put on the full armor of God on a daily basis. Make sure you're always covered in the blood of Jesus because you know what? Satan hates family. God hates divorce. He doesn't want to see divorce. But Satan hates family and he will throw everything he has got at you. He'll hit every aspect of your life until he destroys you. I've seen it happen so many times to so many families. And it's always because the family doesn't come together as one. They don't get on their knees and they don't bring in God's holy angels to fight. Okay, I'm going to throw in one more song just to break up some monotony, and then I'm going to close with a prayer, and at the very end I want to put something very personal that I've shared with a, a few real close friends and uh, several of my family members, but it's, uh, it is it's a, on a personal note, and uh, you'll just have to see what it is at the end. Whoa!
Okay, church, I've said what I've got to say tonight. Uh, let's end this thing in prayer. Lord Father, we come to you in prayer. We ask forgiveness for our sins. And we always ask forgiveness for our sins because we know that any sin you can't look upon means you can't look upon us. You know, we're asking you that you hear every word from us. And if we have malice between us and our wives, we can't be heard. It will hinder our prayers, you say. And Lord, I just... I forgive everything that's been done to me, Lord, and I want to put that right out there from anyone, anyone on this earth that's done anything to me. I want to forgive them all. Lord, I just ask you to remove that from my heart and my memory. Father, I ask you that you touch everyone listening, that you in some way let it impact their lives, Father, that you reach down into their heart, that you remove their pride and all their their worldly ways of thinking lord let people hold on to their families father it's it's the biggest thing that we have here on this earth it, it was a gift that you gave from the very beginning from the garden of eden you said it wasn't good that adam was there by himself <clears throat> so you created a help meet for him and father you continue to do that lord i ask you that you bless all the husbands out there first of all and that you let them follow in your ways that you let their feet fall on a path of holiness, that they not divert from the left nor to the right. And Father, I let I ask you that you let each and every wife follow their husband and let their feet fall on that same path of holiness, not to the left nor to the right. And right behind her, Father, all the children and their children's children and their children's children. And Lord, on a personal note for my own family, I ask you to restore it, Father. I ask you for forgiveness. <clears throat> I ask my wife for forgiveness for all the things that I've done. I know that I've really screwed up. I'm, I'm very sorry for everything that I've done. But Lord, above all that, I put my marriage on the altar like Isaac. I give my marriage to you. You started my marriage. 
and you'll finish my marriage, whether it be now or in eternity. I give it up to you, Father. It's your choice. Lord, I pray that you give me the desire of my heart, and that is my wife Donna. And Lord, I just ask that you just keep that into consideration, Lord, but I'm willing to give up anything for you. Anything. And I just ask you that you touch each and every listener, touch their hearts, and let them learn something from me, Father. If it not be anything large, just one little piece, just to cherish what you have. Don't let it go. Not without a fight. Get on your knees and fight like a man and take your family with you. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Now, as I promised, I said that I was going to do something on a real personal note. This is very, very personal. I don't know how many listeners I have out there. My ministry has uh, roughly 725 members, roughly. Uh, I don't know how many people I have on my Facebook or how many people actually pick this up on iTunes or on uh, Blog Talk Radio or even on YouTube. But uh, I want to say this for the record. It's something that I said quite some time ago. It's something that I meant every word of. And I continue today to mean every word of it from the bottom of my heart. And I say it to my father, and I say it to my wife just like I did then. I, Joseph, in the presence of God and his holy angels, take you, Donna, to be my wife. <clears throat> Behold, you are consecrated to me with this tattooed ring according to the laws of Moses and of Israel. I betroth myself to you forever. I betroth you to myself in righteousness and in justice, in love and in mercy. I betroth to you myself in faithfulness, and you shall know God is. All that I am, I give to you. All that I have, I share with you. Whatever the future holds, I will love you and stand by you for as long as we both shall live, forever and ever. Amen. I love you, Donna. And for you listeners out there, if I don't see you on this alien demon-infested rock we call Earth, I'll see you in the air. Shalom.